things that are overrated when it comes to choosing a partner. Hello, my beautiful friends. What's up? How are we doing today? How is everybody? We are getting some gorgeous weather over here. It is so sunny today. And I, it's so funny because last night I was literally telling my husband, I was like, I feel like I'm in a great, I'm in a good mental space, but I can feel just kind of a lowerness to my energy, uh, just feeling almost kind of groggy and uh, just how much I feel like that has to do with like how having shorter, darker, colder days. And then today we got a sunny day and it just has been like such a lift for me and my spirits. And so, you know, if you are somewhere that is very cold right now and dark and just feeling low, one, no, you're not alone. I know like this time of year, I think apparently January like 16th is the saddest day of the year. <laughs> the combination of post holidays and cold weather short days is just um, a challenge for people. And so um, be really gentle with yourself if that's kind of where you're at. And maybe you're listening to this podcast later down the road and you are enjoying it on a sunny day. But um, I today was thinking it would be really fun to do an episode on what really matters with choosing a partner. And I know you might be intrigued and worried about being triggered all at once, but I promise it's going to be a good one. Um, and I just been thinking a lot about, um, how there are certain things that we can get really, really hung up on with relationship anxiety that don't really matter. And there are things that we can kind of almost forget about or not maybe give enough attention to that, you know, are the things that truly count and matter for us. And so first, I want to talk about it through the lens of the things that maybe we might be focused on that might not matter as much as we think they do. And now, that's not to say if you have valued these things or there's something you like having in your relationship or you want more of, um, it doesn't mean anything's wrong or bad with you for having these desires Um, or anything's wrong with your relationship if these are some of the things you enjoy and have in it. But more just to kind of put them in perspective of some of the things that maybe are kind of more like ice cream in in a relationship. Like nice to haves, but not necessarily like the meat and potatoes of a relationship. Um, So first thing is I feel like I've seen a lot of people, one of the things that I know I definitely obsessed over a lot was being with someone who is social or extroverted enough. And I think this is something I've kind of touched on on the podcast uh, some, and it's something I've definitely seen with my clients, but um, I think especially when we can tend to have more social anxiety um, or really um, be very aware of how we're perceived in social situations or maybe we really identify ourselves as being an extrovert or maybe we're introverted and we feel like we need someone who's extroverted. Um, and this might just be specifically kind of within the U.S., but I really notice a lot of people thinking like that it is better, more desirable to have someone who is more extroverted, more outgoing, not shy. Um, and again, while it's not bad to maybe have a partner that has that trait or um, 
like or want that, it might not be as important as you think to have someone else who's extroverted like you or or someone who brings you out of your shell and is extroverted. I don't know if it really matters, to be honest. Um, and one thing I think about is how much that is something that kind of changes and shifts within a relationship. Um, so my partner and I, when we were dating and we were in college, I was definitely the very extroverted one. And I was the one that was like wanting to hang out with all the people. And I, you know, wanted to do stuff together, but I also wanted my independence and I wanted to be able to hang out, um, with friends. Um, whereas he was pretty content to just kind of be with me and be a little more like introverted, right? More to himself, his roommate and me. And like, that was kind of, you know, not that he wouldn't ever hang out with other people, but he kind of was like good with that mostly. Whereas I felt the need to constantly be hanging out with lots of people. And so that was something my anxiety would really fixate on. Um, Fast forward now, years and years into our relationship and marriage, and we actually have flipped roles, (laughs) believe it or not. I'm the one who is more introverted now, and my husband is the more extroverted one. Now, that doesn't mean in social situations, I would say generally people probably still perceive me as the more outgoing one, generally. Maybe not always, actually, <laughs> now. But I, but definitely it has shifted where I'm the one who kind of wants to, like, maybe just be together as a family or be at home or kind of do my own thing, whereas he is very much, like, wanting to get out and hang out with friends and, like, let's do stuff with other people and, like, and really values, like, being able to get lots of interaction with people. Whereas I'm a little more content for it to just be like the three of us. And total, it's a total like flip, role reversal on its heads. Um, And I even have seen this with my parents too. Um, Where my mom has said like early on in their relationship, she would have thought she was the more outgoing extroverted one. and, And she's seen over time that it's kind of shifted. And Obviously, this is just partly nature of human beings is we're dynamic, we change, we're not ever kind of set one specific way. And ultimately, I don't think this is something that makes a huge difference in relationship satisfaction uh, because ultimately, it's crazy as much as I like valued that when you're dating, right? Because I was very much really aware of other people's perceptions. It, It isn't something that really plays into um, our day-to-day and how much, you know, what our family is like and how our relationship is. Um, It's kind of just this thing outside of just how we both like to socialize and interact with people. really doesn't matter. So that's kind of one of those things, being extroverted, being more outgoing. I think that's one of those traits that sometimes we might desire maybe a lot of times because we've been told it's something to desire. Again, I think in the U.S. we very much idolize extroversion and being outgoing, Um, but it's not something that's really going to have an impact on your overall just like enjoyment in a relationship. Okay, next one. Um, I feel like you guys are all going to be like, I know this is overrated, but yet it still matters to me, which is being super, super attracted to the person. Yes. (laughs) I mean, 
finding your partner attractive, yes, it matters. And then at the same time, it also doesn't. Having the most attractive, most beautiful person in the room, in the world, is not going to found long-term relationship success or satisfaction. Remember my parents almost described it like, my dad said basically almost attractions, kind of like this little invisible stair step of just kind of like, yeah, they're cute. But yeah, like once you're kind of in the relationship, it's kind of something that fades away and isn't really something that is matters or is that important. Now, obviously, if we're very anxious and obsessing, that might be not the case for you, right? And it might be something you're really focused on. Um, but being able to have someone that is just over the moon attractive, I really think doesn't ultimately add that much happiness and enjoyment in your relationship. Um, attraction and thinking about like the way our bodies look, um, I like to think of sometimes kind of almost like clothes. So what we're being told is beautiful, is like a clothing style that's on trend. It's going to change, it's going to shift. And if we're really kind of valuing our relationship based on that and our partner on that, it's like it's like that's something that's gonna be changing what we're told is attractive, our own sense of what's attractive. I remember one of my great aunts saying how she thought her husband was just so sexy with his cane walking around that she just loved that. And I guarantee you she did not think that was attractive when she was 16 years old, men with canes. Probably not. But again, our our sense of attraction is something that can shift and change over time. Um, one, I think as we fall in love and grow older with someone and we age ourselves, it can change. Um, but also, it's not something that ultimately is really going to drive day-to-day satisfaction. Um, Again, like clothes, getting a new outfit that's super cute, super fun. We might really love it, but ultimately kind of get used to that outfit and it kind of just becomes the norm. And I think that's very much how attraction can be. Um, Finding someone that is cute is going to be something that we enjoy, but not something that will really be sustaining long-term joy and satisfaction. We're going to kind of adjust and get used to that. Okay, next overrated quality or thing in choosing a partner is having similar interests and things that you like. Um, This is something I feel like we can be very easy to do of like, we need to like the same things. And I definitely think you know, my partner and I for sure have different interests. Um, and while it's fun to have things that you share and enjoy, again, this is another thing that shifts and can kind of be changing over time. So what you are really interested in at one point might change. It might be the same, but my, like my husband and I, um, I tease him because I'm like, Hey, when we were dating, he did not play video games at all. And now he has a video game that he loves. And I was like, you tricked me. You did not play video games when we were dating. <laughs> and he was like, you also tricked me. You did not watch The Bachelor when we were dating. And I'm like, this is true. So 
our both of our interests have changed, developed, and and I think this is beautiful, healthy part of being human. So again, I that's something that I think does not need to be a foundation of a relationship because we can have friends that share same interests and interests are going to change. They're going to fluctuate. I definitely feel like it's kind of a nice to have, but definitely not a must have. It's one of those things that you also can develop as a couple. There are things that my husband and I both interest that we have both created and cultivated together. Um, that honestly, like I didn't really even realize were things that I liked when we were dating, um, or things that maybe I enjoyed when I was younger and I kind of forgot about. Like I love interior design and I love um, looking at different houses, and that's something that my husband actually really enjoys as well. And so we have a lot of fun doing different home projects, driving around and seeing different neighborhoods and homes. Um, and kind of geeking out on the architecture and design. That's just something we really like doing. And again, kind of an interest that I didn't really like realize I had when we were dating and I didn't know he had. Um, and so you find and develop things together that are kind of your thing and your interests and they can change over time. So again, that's something I think you can cultivate and I wouldn't use it as a make or break it in your relationship just because maybe your partner doesn't like running like you like running or your partner doesn't like the same show that you like. And I think it's one of the things that we know maybe doesn't really matter, but also we can really get hung up on it. Understandably, because people tell us that it's important. All right, so next one is having this overwhelming feeling of rightness in your relationship <laughs> having perfect magical feelings what okay y'all know this is coming you've listened to my podcast so you've heard me talk about this before but I think having this magical right and in love feeling is not something that super matters in choosing a partner because often that feeling can be infatuation or almost kind of a little more like a drug or a high kind of feeling that we can get in the beginning of a relationship um, rather than like true, sustained love. So here's why I think like maybe this might be a nice to have or fun to have, but not what you want to base being in a relationship off of is because Feelings can come and they can go. And so if you believe that you choose someone based on feeling in love and it feeling right, and that feeling is something that just like happens to you, it just like happens that you fell in love with this person, then you are like an object being acted upon. The love just like hits you. But then that also means that you lose it too. Kind of like rain. Some days you have the rain and other days you don't and you have no control over it and you just have to like deal with the drought. <laughs> so in terms of love, I don't know if that analogy made sense, but we're going to roll with it. Um, but in terms of love, if you believe love is just something that is happening to you, if you're just feeling it and you're making a choice off of it, um, 
then that can actually be kind of scary because then it's like, what if this feeling goes away? What if I don't always have this? So many of you think if I have this rightness or conviction in the beginning, that's going to sustain me through hard periods later on in our relationship. And that is just not the case because later on in a relationship, you can just have this sense of falling out of love. And if you are making choices solely based on feelings, now we're acting at that whim of that feeling being there or not being there. Me choosing my partner, there's a lot of overthinking that went into it. Obviously, a lot of overanalysis for me. But a big thing that I kind of realized was it was just a, it makes sense. And not in when I'm super analyzing it or really overthinking it, but just when I would kind of step back and look at it from this like very logical perspective, again, not a lot of anxiety, it just like the relationship made sense in a lot of ways and a lot of the kind of things that I think really matter most that we're going to talk about next. But, um, and again, it kind of sounds a little counterintuitive a lot of times to what we're told in society that who you should choose should just be based on this like overwhelming feeling of love. But I actually really love the choosing someone just because the relationship kind of makes sense because feelings of love then are something we choose to intentionally cultivate rather than it being something that love has just happened to us and now we are at the risk or whim of it falling away is we have picked someone who long-term it makes sense with and now we can make room for the feelings to cultivate and to grow and to be nourished and developed with rather than feelings that we're afraid of losing or having these overwhelming butterfly honeymoon infatuated feelings with someone who you know maybe is not safe in a relationship where maybe it does not make sense uh, so those are kind of the things that I think again overrated a lot of times when we are dating and advice that we hear about choosing a partner and I'd actually be really curious to hear your guys' thoughts of what are those things that are overrated. Um, you can DM me at Mikkel Kristen. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' input on this too. So we're going to go ahead and do a part two of this, this episode uh, because we've gotten kind of long. I didn't realize there's so much to say. So we're going to do a part two and we will talk about the qualities that matter most in choosing a partner. Stay tuned.